welcome back to another podcast um this is sports talk with sebastian thanks for listening in i know it's been a minute uh since i've done a podcast i just want to make one real quick about the baseball season uh, it's been going for a little bit um although this is going to be targeted at one team if you've already seen the title of the podcast um and the reason for that i'm going to make a you know a whole mlb podcast soon But I just had a few things that I want to talk about. Um, (laughs) Been a while since I've done one of these, but... So, just to give some context, um, New York Yankees right now are 31-28. They are 14-21 against the AL East this year. Um, and they are currently on the verge of being swept by the Red Sox at home and having a 2-5 and five homestand against seven AL East opponents. Um, as I said, homestand, so at home. Um, coming up on midway through the year. Uh, that's not good. Um, and I just want to talk about that because they're, this is so avoidable. They're five and a half games back in the standings. They've lost nine out of 12. So three and nine in their last twelve. Um, they have the twenty sixth, twenty sixth ranked batting average of the MLB at two twenty eight. Twenty fifth in runs, two fifteen. Um, twenty fourth, and so so you might be thinking. Let, 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 just before I say that, you might be thinking, okay, well, twenty six, maybe they're batting two twenty eight, but it's the New York Yankees. You know, they're they're home run or bust, right? Well. Their slugging percentage is a three seventy two, twenty fourth. In the MLB. Um, their pitching actually hasn't been that bad, which is shocking. But the problem is is just they score two runs every game. I'm going to give you their run totals going back to when they s- stopped winning <laughs> two weeks ago. So this is starting then and then going up to now. Two runs, zero runs, three runs, two runs, one run, two runs, one one, three runs, three runs, two runs, two runs, three runs. Nothing above three. Nothing. They have not had one game above three. They're 0-17 this year when their opponent scores five or more runs. No team, not a single team. There are teams with payrolls of like 40 million that are not trying to win and they have wins in games where they have given up five or more runs. Yankees don't have a single one. Not one. Not one. The highest batting average on a team and I'm not a big batting average guy, but I do think that this should be noted is Aaron Judge with 289. Aaron Judge leads in like every category. He's the only good pitcher for them. I mean, the only good hitter for them, excuse me. So, uh, this is ridiculous. And this is so avoidable. It's the New York Yankees. When when you're getting out ma- outmanaged and outplayed by the Tampa Bay Rays, who don't even try to win. They, they don't even try and win. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and it's a problem... And this would never happen under George Steinbrenner. The Yankees have the second highest payroll this year, next to the Dodgers. The Tampa Bay Rays are 26. The Rays 
have more money than that. The Rays could spend more money, but they're 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 cheap, and they still win because their front office is that good, and their managing is that good. Some of these decisions that they make are just baffling. That they're they're just mind boggling. I mean, look at their pitching staff. I know that they've pitched well so far for the most part, and pitching is certainly not the problem, but I think it sums up the Yankees as a whole. Brian Cashman decided, all right, well, we have some great pitchers. James Paxton, very solid pitcher. He's dealt with some injury issues, but great young pitcher. J.A. Happ had, like, a two-bad year, or one bad year, but overall been really solid throughout his whole career. Multiple-time All-Star, veteran pitcher, solid. He He made the playoff rotation two years ago. So, solid pitcher, right? Masahiro Tanaka, great pitcher, easy number two starter, fantastic, exactly what they signed him for. So so their rotation last year was Cole, Severino, Tanaka, Hap, and Paxton. They have one of those guys, one out of your five starting pitchers. They have one. They have one. You want to know who they put in the rotation? Corey Kluber. He hasn't been healthy in three years, and... He's constantly injury-prone. And listen, I I don't like saying injury-prone, and I'm not saying it to hate the players. I'm not saying he's fragile or anything. But pitchers can be injury-prone. You know, you get one arm injury, you can get a lot more. So I don't mean that as a, you know, hate to Kluber. I think he's a good pitcher. But he's you don't want to be signing him like he's going to be our number two. Okay? that's But, you know, one pitcher is a question mark. That's not bad. Well, let's look at their other pitchers. So, I, I mean, I, I can get Cole out of the way. Cole's a great signing. I mean, he's Garrett Cole. All right, whatever. So, he's a good ace. But every other pitcher, all four other pitchers, you know, you can have a bad fifth starter. I'm fine with that. Like, having a fifth starter with, like, a, you know, like, 5.3 ERA, it's fine. You can still win a lot of games with that. My problem comes with all other four starters, Okay. So, I talked about Kluber. Jordan Montgomery's playing his first season after Tommy John, and he's never been a top-of-the-line pitcher. Um, they, they failed to read. They let, they let a Jap- the Japanese team outbid the Yankees. The a Japanese team outbid the Yankees for Masahiro Tanaka. Tanaka wanted to be with the Yankees. He said, I don't want to be with any other MLB team but the Yankees. The Yankees wouldn't even give him money. So, there's that, all right? Then Tyone has had a lot of misfortune, and I feel really bad for him. He's also had two Tommy John surgeries and hasn't played a full season in three years. Are you getting the trend here? Um, That's Kluber, Montgomery, Tyone, all guys. Herman, they must have one other pitcher who's pitched in the last two years. Nope, Herman. He pitched... He hasn't pitched since September of 2019. It, it's just, it's shocking to me. It it really, I just don't know. I don't know how you can put out a lineup and just, I mean, put out a, put out a pitching rotation that's supposed to win a World Series, supposed to win over 100 games, that's supposed to win the toughest division in baseball, and you can just trot him out there with guys 
you want to know something insane? And this, this is this is the shocking thing to me. And I want you to listen to this. Just just think about this. Four out of their five starters: Kluber, Herman, Montgomery. Excuse me. Three out of their five starters: Kluber, Herman, and um, Tyone combined for one inning last year. One inning. One inning. I mean, I I don't know what to say. I just that that shock. If that doesn't shock you, I don't know what does. I mean, and and you know, Montgomery put up forty four innings. It's basically nothing anyway. I mean, he only started ten games last year. So, I it's just. I mean, and like I said, his first full year after Tommy John. So the the pitching rotation they put out there. Well, okay, maybe they don't they don't really care about their starters, but what about bullpen? Okay, we'll talk about bullpen. They had four horsemen. They that's what they called them, the four horsemen in two thousand nineteen. Incredible bullpen. Tommy Canely. Incredible player. I, I, let me let me pull up Tommy Canely's stats right here. Um, because he was an incredible player. In two thousand nineteen, Tommy Canely had a 3.67 ERA, which is not represent how good he actually was. Um, he had a 1.060 whip, which is great. Um, and overall, a very solid player, 124 ERA plus, um, which if you didn't know, 100 is the average. So he was a great player uh, for them. And I think he had a few really bad outings that inflated that ERA, but he's a lot better than that shows. Um, Adam Ottavino... Let's talk about him. This is ridiculous. Adam Onovino in 2019, 1.90 ERA. They got rid of him. Not only did they get rid of him, but they traded him to their to their biggest rival for cash considerations. He was their biggest free agent signing two years ago. What are we doing here? He's gone now. And by the way, tonight, as I'm making this podcast... He just shut out the Yankees so in, in, in the inning that he played against them. So I think that's good revenge for him and just great shows Cashman how well he did. His ERA last year was terrible only because of one start. He gave up like six runs in an inning, one, like one start last year. Other than that, he was incredible. And, and But that's just, it looks like Cashman just can't, you know, read and see a pitcher and see how talented they actually are. And, and that's the sad thing. That's the really sad thing. Um, yeah, he had, a, he had a 3.55 ERA before that start. And after that, he only gave up... After that... After, not start, excuse me. After that relief appearance. He had a 3.55 ERA going into that relief appearance. Where he gave up the six runs. After that, he only gave up one more run the rest of the season. So... So, yeah, his ERA was bad last year. It was, what, 5.89? But he's so much better than the pitcher than that. To trade him for cash considerations? Are you kidding me? So that sets two incredible pitchers in the bullpen gone. Then they had Zach Britton, who's currently injured, who they're not bringing back because they're scared he's going to get injured again. Um, And and then Chapman is currently pitching. Chapman's incredible, but 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 they lost so many great pitchers. And, and I mean, they're they're trotting out guys like Lucas Litke, 
you're probably saying, who's Lucas Lickie? Well, he hasn't pitched in the MLB. Before this year, hadn't pitched in the MLB since 2015. So, not really the guy you really want to be given a lot of, you know, time, a lot of high leverage innings to, I'll say. Um, Wandy Peralta. The Giants traded him for scrap. You're putting him into the eighth inning of a Red Sox-Yankees game? What What are we doing here? Nestor Cortez. The Mariners got rid of him because they thought he was so bad. He was with the Yankees two years ago. Terrible. And they're trotting him out in high leverage innings. This is the Yankees. I mean, what are we doing here? And that's just the pitching. We can get to the lineup stuff, but I think that has more to do with the coaching and everything like that because guys like Giancarlo Stan are struggling. And here's the thing. Aaron Boone has played baseball, so I shouldn't have to tell him this. But if a guy's the hottest player in baseball, I get you don't want to get injuries, but why are you going to sit him on the IL for three weeks for a precaution? You ever think that might mess up a guy's timing? This is the thing that just blows my mind. The Yankees just refuse to act like baseball exists, and they just see numbers on a screen. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton was the best player in baseball for, like, two-week stretch, okay? And I've said that, I, I said this earlier today, and this is the most true thing ever. It seems like the Yankees' only goals are to stand under the luxury tax and to not get injuries. If they do that, who cares how they played? Those are their two main goals. Get those done. Great year, guys. And I understand they had a ton. Of, they had the most injuries in MLB history in 2019. And I and I'm, that's not an exaggeration, by the way. If you think I'm exaggerating, they actually had the most IL players in MLB history in 2019. And so I get, like, why you want to be like you know you want to have caution and stuff like that. But it's gotten to a point of what are we doing here? You want to know how many games Giancarlo Stanton missed in 2018 before September? Because in September, they rested him for a few games um, before the playoffs. But before September, like when every game mattered and stuff like that, in 2018, his first year with the Yankees, you want to know how many games he missed? He missed one game. One game. In like late May, they sat him for a game because he had like a nagging injury. That was it. That was it. And he played 158 games that year. So, I mean, and, and most of them were in right field or left field. This year, he's missed like a third of the, uh, well, not counting his IL stint, just counting when he's actually on the team and healthy, missed about a third of the games that he's been healthy and on the roster for. And he's played the outfield a total of zero times. And I think he only played the outfield one game last year. When he got traded to the Yankees in 2017, he was one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball. And now, if the Yankees were to make the World Series, which, spoiler alert, they won't, but if they were, he wouldn't play half the games. Because they don't have a DH in the NFL, in the, uh, in the NL. They're going to play the Phillies next week in Philadelphia. He's not going to play a single game because they have no DH, and it's ridiculous. And now, when he's the hottest player in baseball and he's on fire because 
he has like a little minor calf injury or quad injury, excuse me. They sit him for three weeks. It's ridiculous. And I mean, some of this stuff has to do with coaching. Glaber Torres hit 38 home runs in 2019. We are about halfway through the year. Do you want to know how many home runs that Glaber Torres has hit this year? Not been injured at all. So this isn't like injury stuff. No, he's played the whole year. I think he's only missed a few games. He has three home runs this year. And he homered tonight. If I made this podcast yesterday, he, he had two home runs. Two. Two home runs. How can you build a team around hitting home runs and your best player can hit home runs? It's shocking to me. It blows my mind. They've, they, the other thing is they, they don't get on base. They have the highest solo home run percentage, which basically like shows like what percentage of your home runs are solo home runs. Which, by the way, solo home runs mean nothing. I mean, like, they're so, like, insignificant. It's unbelievable. Like, it, solo home runs mean nothing. Maybe they add momentum, but they mean nothing. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. Um, solo, they have the highest solo home run percent. It's like 75.9% of their home runs are solo home runs. Last year, they were 7th in the majors in 3-run home runs. And they had 12 in 60 games. This year, we are, I believe, exactly 60 games through the year. Alright? They have three. They have 25% of the home runs they had last year in the exact same amount of games. And they're second to last in the majors. The one team that's lower than them, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, yeah, the worst team in baseball. So I thought about making this podcast... um, uh, about a week ago, when they got swept by the by the um, second worst team in baseball, the Detroit Tigers, um, because that's pretty bad. But I didn't for a number of reasons. But I think the biggest one was they weren't trying to win. They they trotted out Michael King, Davy Garcia, and Nestor Cortez. I mean, they, they, if you think the Yankees were trying to win that series, they were not. They put Justin Wilson in in a save situation. The Yankees were by no means trying to win that game, okay? I mean, win that series. They were trying to make sure everyone... They, they, oh, by the way, they put Giancarlo Stan in for eight at-bats in that series. They were just trying to rest up, get healthy, and get ready for the big homestand coming up. So I wasn't going to get mad at them. It's like getting mad at a team for, like, struggling in split-squad spring training. It's like, okay, well, they're not really trying to win, so whatever, you know? This was different, though. This is the this is the series that they're actually trying to win, <laughs> and now they're two and four, about to be two two and five. And the two games they won were like they got so lucky in both of them, and they played terribly in both of them. So I don't know what to say. I really don't. I've never seen them struggle. I've seen them be bad in April many times, and I've seen them have bad stretches many times, but. I've never seen their offense be this bad. Just just terrible. Just absolutely terrible. Um And I mean, I can't say that the signs weren't there. Even on their um six game win streak that they had, 
going in. They had a six-game win streak, and then now they've lost nine of 12. They won three straight games, scoring two runs. They they won two to nothing, two to nothing, two to one. One of those games was actually a no-hitter, funny enough. So, I can't say that the, the warning signs weren't there. <laughs> but, you know, when they're winning, they're winning, and whatever. But, it's just... Susan Waldman, who's a uh, Yankees broadcaster, she put it best when she said it's just so un-Yankee-like to be so uncompetitive in big situations. Um, so they have a losing record against every AL East team except for the Orioles, who they're 6-4 and four against. Uh, yeah, the Orioles, who have a 345 winning percentage this year. Every other team they have a losing record against. They have the lowest extra base taken percentage, which basically judges how aggressive you are in the bases. So they're not being aggressive on the base pass. You might be thinking, well, at least they're not getting out on the base pass. Oh, yeah, they actually also have the most outs on the base pass. They also have the worst uh, defensive stats in the outfield. And I'll make one final point before I wrap this up. If you wanted final confirmation that the Yankees don't want to win... It's this. They trotted out an outfield the other day of Miguel Andujar, Tyler Wade, and Clint Frazier. Now, if you're not, you know, a big baseball fan, you might be like, okay, well, I don't know who those guys are. Well, I'll explain to you. Miguel Andujar has never played the outfield in his entire life, and I'm not making that up. He was a third baseman his whole life. He was bad at it. He was historically bad as a third baseman. Um, he also can't hit, by the way. He has a 548 OPS. So, so Miguel Andujar, yeah. <laughs> That's the guy they have in left field. Instead of Giancarlo Stanton, because we're, we're scared. Um, then they have Tyler Wade, who is a career backup, career quadruple-A player, <laughs> as they like to call him. Um, he's a great defender in the infield. Only thing is, uh, he's never played the outfield before. So, he's an infielder who's playing the outfield. Have you heard of it before? Um, and he's also a terrible hitter. He has worse career stats than CeCe Sabathia, a pitcher. So, that's Tyler Wade, playing center field for the New York Yankees. Then in right field, we have Clint Frazier, who had a great year last year offensively. He's always been terrible defensively. <laughs> I've been to one Yankee game before. He made four errors in that game I went to. I'll never forget it because he's just so bad. He has the he is first percentile, so worst in the league, in outs above average, defensive runs saved, and UZR, which are basically analytics that say how good are you <laughs> defensively. Just to sum it up, <laughs> and in short, he's terrible. He makes diving catches on one star what are called as one star plays which if you don't know one star plays are basically catch uh plays with catch probabilities over 90 percent so balls that are normally routine fly balls he has to like lay out for that's how bad his defensive range is so oh and also he can't hit this year he's a 184 batting average so that's the yankees outfield this year if if it wasn't sure enough that they wouldn't hit that is their outfield two infielders who are career backups and a struggling hitter at the plate who's statistically the worst defender in baseball this year. That is their outfield. So, 
here's what I'll say. Final thing. The biggest thing about the New York Yankees this year, it feels like they're acting like it's a given that they're going to make the playoffs. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. Let's just rest up, be healthy, cruise to the playoffs. But the thing is, that's not how baseball works. You can't, you can't just, you know, whatever, we'll just, you know, just win some games because we have a few good players and, you know, coast our way to the playoffs, and then we'll be good, set to go. That's not how it works. This is not how things work. Y- you know, and that's the thing. They're so scared of Giancarlo Stanton getting hurt and being out for the playoffs that they're resting him now. The problem is you got to win now. If the season ended today, which luckily it's not 2020 because if it were 2020, the season would end today, they would not be in the playoffs. And in fact, they wouldn't even be close. They're five and a half games back in the division and four and a half games back in the wild card. They wouldn't even be close. Not close. Not close to being in the playoffs. But they're acting like it's a gift. Like they're just going to make the playoffs. Whatever. We'll win games. Yeah, I mean, you know, who cares? Who cares? We'll, we'll win games. Let's just be healthy. And it's ridiculous. And I just, I wish, I can guarantee you Jordan Strymaner is rolling in his grave right now. Because it is just so bad. And the, and the lack of accountability from the Yankees front office and, and, and managing. Aaron Boone steps up to the thing, to the, uh, to the post game every single day. And he's like, oh, well, we've been hitting better recently. Oh, well, our guys are really playing well. And he has the audacity to complain about fans booing him. Boone, you signed up for a Yankees managing job. If you're not playing well and you're almost under 500 in mid-June, yeah, you're going to get booed, you think? I mean... Do you think you're the manager for the Cincinnati Reds? I mean, no offense to them, but this is the New York Yankees. You're supposed to define success. You're working with the second highest payroll in the MLB. And it's ridiculous. The roster construction is terrible, as I noted earlier in the podcast. And they refuse to call up any young guys. They just call up Chris Gittins, finally. But Estevan Florio's rotting in AAA while he's raking. They have one good lefty bat, Mike Ford. He ranks 7th in barrels this year, which basically judges launch angle and exit velocity. In short, you're hitting the ball pretty well. 7th in the MLB this year, Mike Ford. You want to know where he was playing today? AAA. He's in AAA. Even though Yankee Stadium is designed for a great lefty power hitter, their great lefty power hitter is in AAA. They have another one, switch-hitting, great defensive outfielder, who is actually an outfielder, and he hits a lot. And guess what, Brian Cashman? He hits a lot of home runs. Wow, he must be on the Yankees, thriving. Nope, he's in AAA as well. And they called him up for a day. They... they they had the audacity to call him up. This is, I'm talking about Estevan Florial. They called him up for a day. Of course, he got a double. Uh, he almost got a home run. It was off the top of the wall. He got a double in that game. Played great center field. I think he stole a base, too. Set him down immediately to call up some random no-name bullpen pitcher who got sent down the next day. And it's hilarious. And you know what's so funny? is I look at the MLB uh, stats because the All-Star game's right around the corner. And I'm looking at like who's going to get voted in. And there are these players that 
It's shocking. They've played every single game. A star player. Believe that. A star player for a team played every single game for their team. Uh, it's so funny how complacent I've been as a Yankees fan. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's third day. You don't, you, you don't want to push Stan. Third day in a row, you know, you don't want to push him. No, that's not how baseball works. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And there's nothing else I can say except it's sad. Because they don't strive for excellence anymore. You want to know why the Boston Red Sox won the World Series in 2018? They went way over the luxury tax. They spent a ton of money. They traded a ton of prospects. But that's because they wanted to win. They realized they had a window and they needed to win then. Mookie Betts had two years left before free agency. Chris Sale was just about to hit a wall and they knew it. But at the time, he was an ace and they said, this is our year. We're going to trade our prospects. We're going to sign the top free agents. And they paid for it. 2019, they were terrible. Their farm was broken and they, they had to fire their general manager. But guess what? They won a World Series. And that's the David Dombrowski way. He got fired, but who cares? He won a World Series. And that's what matters. But the Yankees are trying to do this conservative, oh, we're going to coast along, stand to the luxury tax, stay, oh, you know. And it's ridiculous. It's simply just ridiculous. The money that they're, you might say, oh, well, their payroll's great, but the money they're putting is terrible. They're paying $70 million to Aaron Hicks who's probably never going to be good again in his career because of injuries. They're paying $330 million to one pitcher so that they can pay $0 to, like, every other pitcher. I mean, it's ridiculous. And the fact that they let the Red Sox and the Rays just dance all over their grave is sad because the Rays don't even try. The Red Sox are rebuilding. And yet, here we are with the Yankees five and a half back in the standings. So, there's not much else I can say except it's embarrassing. It is. It's, it's very, this past, the past decade for the Yankees have been embarrassing. Minus one year. It's been embarrassing. They've had their rival team dance on their and celebrate on their home field several times this year, uh, this decade. So, I mean, and when I say this decade, I'm going back to 2010, not 2020. So, it's just something has to be done, something has to be fixed. And every trade deadline, I say this, and they don't do anything. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade for some aging lefty pitcher, who they're going to be like, yeah, this is going to be the guy. And then he posts a 4.5 ERA, makes the playoff rotation, and then they get busted in the first round. If they make the playoffs, which isn't even a guarantee, with this roster, they might not make the playoffs. And these are managing things. It's like in football when you say, you know, they've got a great offense and defense, but their special teams struggle. Or, Or, you know, you never blame the player. I mean, rarely, sometimes you do. But most of the time, you never blame the player for making dumb penalties. A lot of time, you blame the coaching. You can't blame these players for being terrible in the out. The Yankees gave up 
four runs and lost a game tonight because Miguel Andujar completely misplayed a ball in the outfield. But can you blame him? He's never played in the outfield before. And it's like when when they make a penalty and they make a, you know, why are you making that false start? Like, why are you doing that? You blame the coaching. Because what, why, you can't, you gotta, you gotta teach your guys not to do that. So, there are so many way less talented teams, like the Rays, and way cheaper teams, like the Rays. And I'm just naming the Rays because they constantly dance on the Yankees' graves, but tons of other teams. And it's sad. It's really sad. So, we'll see what they do. But it's getting so late in the season that it's like they got to do something now. They're almost under 500 again, and that is a disgrace. So, I'll revisit this eventually, and who knows? I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. And I, one last thing I want to say, I, I, you know, the Yankees made a trade a few years ago, and I love bringing up this trade because it perfectly encapsulates how you win a championship. The Cubs traded Glaber Torres, who at the time was a top prospect, um, to the Yankees for a role as Chapman, who's obviously a great closer, among some other prospects as well. Now, on paper, you're probably thinking that was a huge win for the Yankees because they got Glaber Torres, who, like I said, hit 38 home runs two years ago. He almost won the Rookie of the Year, and he's a great player for them. Um, and they got Chapman back the next year. They, they signed him in free agency, so they basically lost nothing. So you might be thinking, what a great trade for the Yankees. But I think the Cubs easily win that trade. Because guess what? Even though the Cubs only had Chapman for three months, he was integral to their World Series run. So sometimes you just have to be there and trade a guy. When the Yankees were going to trade for Marcus Stroman in 2019 at the trade deadline, I was saying, trade Davey Garcia. I know he's a top prospect, but I don't care. They need to win a World Series and they have no pitching. They didn't trade for him. Marcus Stroman is now one of the top pitchers in the MLB. Davey Garcia has floundered in, in AAA this year and the MLB in his short stints. And they lost in the playoffs that year because their starting pitching was so bad. And their bullpen was so exhausted. So, it's, it's, it's just, every year it's so dysfunctional. And they, the lack of accountability from their, from their coaching staff is ridiculous. We'll see what happens, but I think they need some fresh blood. I would call up Floreal. I would keep Gittins up. I would call up Mike Ford, who's one of the better players on their team. He's in AAA right now, for no reason. So, that's what I have to say. I'll be making a full MLB podcast soon, talking about all the other teams that aren't terrible, but I just wanted to touch on that for now. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this rant. hope you enjoyed the first podcast in a while, and I um, hope you agree with me. But if you don't, feel free to let me know. Um, I always have the voicemail. It's in the description. So let me know, and thanks for listening. See you in the next one.